0: Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for coming along to our seminar. Yeah. We're um, we're John and Beth and Bernie and Nigel, who we'll introduce in a little while, but I'm sure you probably know them more than you know us. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to...
1: Yeah, so as John said, we're John and Beth. Um, we have the privilege and the pleasure of heading up the worship for Dreaming the Impossible, which is our youth festival in the summer. And um, if you haven't been invited already, please come. We'd Absolutely. love for you to be on team and to support seeing this generation come to know Jesus. So... Um, catch at the end if you want to find out more. Um, and so, yeah, we took on that role like a year or two ago, and it's just been so much fun. We're learning a lot, and we really have a heart for young people. And so when we were asked to do this kind of session about how to raise up a generation of young worshippers, um, we were like, absolutely, this is a crucial conversation, and so we're really privileged to have this space to be able to talk about it together, learn from each other, and really just um, hear God's heart for this this group of people. So. We think it's super important and we would love to impress that on you guys too. Um, and so why would we be thinking about this? We kind of have three things we want to cover a bit and then we're going to open the space to some questions. So get thinking about things. Maybe you've experienced some challenges or things that you're like, how would I do that? We're not pretending to have all the answers at Definitely all.
0: Definitely not experts.
1: These guys are probably more expert than we Absolutely. are for sure. So aim all the hard questions at them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But together, hopefully, we'll have some sort of um, idea about how we might be able to do things. Yeah,
0: and we can learn from you guys as well. So we're looking forward to hearing your good ideas. Yeah,
1: we're going to kind of split into groups a little bit later and kind of have a chance to discuss stuff together. But to start off, we kind of wanted to set a bit of vision for why we're doing this and why we think it's so important. So three reasons we want to give you. Firstly, involving young people in worship really helps them to discover Jesus. Secondly, it gives them purpose and actually kind of motivation. And thirdly, they get to teach us, and we grow as a community. And pretty sure all of us in the room would love young people to be involved in church. We want them to leave church like engaging well and feeling affirmed and encouraged, but most importantly, they've met with Jesus. We long for them to come into deep relationship with him. So before we started, we want to have like a bit of a show of hands. Who in the room decided to follow Jesus before the age of 18? just, you snuck in there. <laughs> Great. So quite a large majority of us, isn't it? Um, and actually, we like stats, don't we, John? We like spreadsheets and numbers. And so um, we we're doing a bit of research, and a couple of different groups, like the Barna Group and Ministry to Children, um, National Association of Evangelists, they all find that two out of three Christians came to faith before the age of 18.
0: Isn't that mad? It's two like out a of three.
1: pivotal time, isn't it? And so second question, if you're involved in worship in the room... Um, did you get involved before the age of 18? Put your hands up if you did. Not quite. Well, you don't count, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Either you did or you didn't. So again, a huge amount of us, a lot of us find our call cool in that time. And it's um, a time when we really encounter Jesus. And then also um, kind of find that love for leading worship or being involved. So um, I guess that really sets the tone for what we're doing today. A lot of us meet Jesus in that time for the first time. And a lot of us really find a love for leading others in worship and being involved in that space. So keep that in your mind as we move forwards. We're going to touch on a few more bits.
0: Yeah, so for both of us, for both Beth and myself, you know, we grew up in quite different traditions. I I was a CAB background, Beth's a vineyarder in her blood. Born and bred, bred. yeah. Um, (laughs) But being involved in worship from a young age was a massive part of both of our spiritual journeys. Um, When I started playing, I was nine or ten years old, playing in a local church, and I was buzzing about going to church and being able to use the gifts that God had given me and the things that I was learning in school and in my lessons to be able to glorify God and do that in a community with other people as well. And so that was massively formative for me. Um, and by the looks of things, that's probably the story for a lot of you guys as well. Um, you know, Matthew 19, verse 14, I've been, I've been doing some Bible memorizing recently. So I, I, anyone know Matthew 19, 14? No, it says, but let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, is theirs. Exactly. You know, Jesus wants young people to discover him. To draw near to him and worship is a key way in which this happens. You know, it's similar to the instructions where the Lord tells the Israelites to uh, instruct their children and tell their children the testimony of how God took them through um, the desert, took them through everything, and through gathered times of festivals and worship and sacrifice and shared history, they would learn about their God. So by inviting people, young people into our worship teams, in whatever capacity, we are helping them to discover Jesus. How precious is that? And to understand his kingdom. Secondly, uh, including young people in worship allows them to find purpose. King David, we all know, started off as a young boy in the field, practicing his craft, playing, playing the lyre, worshipping God, and he received his call to lead when he was a teenager. Scholars actually believe that he was around about 15 years old when he was called. Um, you know, Samuel went through all of Jesse's sons to establish which one might be the king, and rather than the most qualified, it was the one who was out in the sheep. It was the youngest. It was the teenager. That day, David was anointed with oil to lead a nation, to lead the people of God into God's presence. His call was recognized as a teen. David found purpose through worshiping God, setting him up to follow Yahweh for the majority of the rest of his life. And one of the things that I've learned in my relatively short experience in the space of, uh, in, in this is that space creates responsibility, responsibility creates ownership, and then ownership creates purpose. If someone isn't engaged small group leader, like 101, if someone isn't engaged, what do you do? You give them a job to do. You ask them to make the tea, you ask them to host. And it's the same in our worship, you know, if someone isn't engaged, give them something to do help, like even just something small, uh, a a space to do it. in, And they'll start to feel responsibility and start to own it and shape it, giving it giving them purpose. And in the end, they'll probably end up being able to make it into something more than you would ever have been able to do because they've got more time and availability to do it. And you've got more important things to be doing. So, yeah, so but I, I'd, I'd also, um, I also see something else happen. The other youth start to pay more attention when youth are involved. Suddenly it's like, oh, that's, that, that's, that person's like me. I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to them. As soon as we see someone else like us on stage, in whatever context that might be for you, we start to engage more, especially when that isn't the norm
1: so good so the last reason we should raise up the next generation of worshippers is that we get to learn from them they teach us and we get to grow as community and we get to be led by people of all sorts of ages and backgrounds and stages and it's really a picture of heaven isn't it it's how god intended his church to be and it is good for the whole community in fact psalm 8 says this lord our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Just love that. It's through the praise of children and infants, not the praise of the old spiritual giants, but the little ones. That first verse says about the glory of creation. And verse two, it's the praise of our young people. And actually, Jesus repeats this um, in Matthew 21, just if it wasn't good enough that it's in the Psalms. He's like, this is what I want to see. And so who here wants to see that happen? We do. We really want to see that happen in all of our churches, all across the vineyard, and actually all across our nation, to see strongholds established against the plans of the enemy. And so the instruction is this, involve our young people. And so whenever we interact with people that are different from us, we get to learn from them. We can see what God's doing in them, and we're richer because of that. And I've seen it so many times, and I've stepped towards it, just in the small spaces that I've been a part of. And some of that fruit is that worship becomes attractive to other young people, like John was saying. It keeps us, like, relevant to society, and it just encourages others to find Jesus in their own contexts. And so we only grow as a whole body when the whole body is involved in growing. If we truly believe that every part of the body has purpose, if we are lesser without any part, then we should relentlessly find ways for the whole body to play its part. So just to summarise, those three things involving young people in worship helps them to discover Jesus, find purpose, and it grows our churches as we come together as community.
0: Yeah, so hopefully all of that you'll be like, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> and hopefully we won't have any questions about that, but you can. But uh, but the but So I guess the next question is the how, right? We've talked about the why and why it's important, but how do we do that? Or, or what might it even look like? Give us a context for what it might even look like. Um, so just a couple of quick stories. I'll give these guys an opportunity to share in a second. Um, at Birmingham Vineyard, there's, there's quite a legacy of worship of all ages, led by the man on the end, Nigel Hemming. Uh, <laughs> It's formed that over the, over decades, and I've just sort of taken it over. Um, but we've seen loads of youth um, leave worship in their youth in youth groups, uh, and then go on to lead worship in many spaces across the UK. Currently, we have a, a youth worship team of about four um, that lead um, at their youth uh, their youth nights, and then three of those guys are also involved in Sunday worship teams as well, and as well as roughly five young people who run production. Stuff for the young adults, sorry for the um, youth nights, and then for on on some of them on Sundays as well. Um, so, any success stories that you'd like to share? Any what, what's what's the picture like for you? What have you seen work well?
2: We'll start with the master. <laughs> um,
3: uh, currently, where I am in Winchester, we have a youth worship team which I lead with about four, or if they're all there, five young. I think there's one student who's um, sort of fronting it. Um, Musicians, they play. We play together. We started, actually, we've got them together in lockdown to record some stuff. And uh, they play once, usually once a month at the youth worship night and once a month for the grown-ups in church. Um, We've, I mean, with young people, you always go through generations and seasons, don't you? So we've, before this... Uh, we had a whole generation where we had probably three or four. We didn't really have a youth band as such. We had them involved in other... We didn't really have a youth worship night, actually. But I forced the issue and made that happen because I thought it needed to happen. Um, but we've had young people involved in bands uh, and uh, we used to run a youth worship school, so we dragged a few of them along to that. Um, and we've been... It's just lovely. I mean, we, we've we all seen the the fruit of across the movement, investing in young people, those of you who are at the worship retreat, uh, the English one anyway, um, will have seen just a whole bunch of people in their 20s, uh, young 20s um, coming through and that's really lovely.
2: Um, so we have um, our own youth services on a Sunday that are separate from the main church adult services. And... We've actually come on a real journey. So when we started having our own Sunday services at youth, we only had an acoustic guitar, worship leader, a worship leader on acoustic guitar, and maybe sometimes a Kahana, maybe sometimes keys player, but it was like rare. Um, But through a number of things that we'll probably discuss in the the later questions, um, we've seen God really grow Um, youth worship where it's now a mix of young people getting involved on the worship bands as well as like adults and young adults so it's like a mix and we now have four full bands um, that play
1: regularly each month on a Sunday so um, I go to Coventry Vineyard which is a really small little vineyard (laughs) which is a wonderful family and um, we had a couple of our youth go to DTI last summer and um, they really profoundly met with Jesus in the worship. We hear that story time and time again of people saying, This is where I encountered God for the first time. And so they came back and we're like, We love worship. We want to get involved. And so just small steps of getting them involved into our worship teams. They kind of stand there and look terrified, <laughs> but they love being in the space and they're always asking, Can we come and can we be part of stuff? Because we, we really meet God in worship and we love being in this space. And so we're at small beginnings in my space about trying to get them involved and set a culture, all things that we're going to discuss in the next couple of moments, but just an encouragement that you can start small and that it's definitely going to grow. So let's move on to some questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just really quick before we do, um, I don't know if you heard... um... Susan and Zeke talk about DTI when they were on stage a little. Um, yes, was that yesterday? Yeah. Um, and uh, and they said so. They, they were they were referring to about 350 stories that got sent through from young people um, as a result of the DTI festivals last last year. And I actually read them the day before we came because um, it, it had been unread in my email inbox for a year. So I thought I'd better read them. Um, <laughs> But I went through this. I opened up this document, and man, it it's a it's a beautiful read. But I, I did like it. Yeah, absolutely. I did a control F. You know, like it's like a find. I, I reference worship to see how many of them. So out of the 350, I think about 80 of those stories were like I significantly met Jesus in the worship. And you think, wow, that's incredible, isn't it? Young people aren't. And sometimes it looks like they're completely switched <laughs> off. Right? <laughs> I'm still sure there. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but yeah, that's just amazing isn't it so okay so we've looked at the vision we've heard some success stories we want to um talk about um and and, and ask some questions with these guys and try and form out how we can help you guys how we can learn um, and how together we can just raise up the next generation of worship leaders so i think beth you're gonna ask answer the first question yeah
1: i realize we haven't properly introduced who we've got oh, yeah, that's next a great to shout. Us. so we're gonna do that now this is bernie and this is Nige. And for both of us, we would say they're like worship heroes. These Absolutely. guys have been so encouraging to both of us as we're stepping into more of leading with young people and just engaging with all of that. Um, And so just wanted to bless you guys and thank you. Um, mm. Nige has been a bit like a dad to me. I grew up in Birmingham Vineyard where Nige was um, in charge of loads of different things, including worship. And so I was under your cupelage I'd say (laughs) and so learned a lot from Nigel and Bernie's been amazing and here with the Trent youth overseeing worship and just investing in so many people and pastoring them really well so we are so excited to hear from them and just to hear some of your stories as well your successes and I'm sure some of the things that haven't been quite so successful um well you might not have any of those (laughs) we'll have to see so the first thing we want to think about is that we are aware when we come alongside young people they have a lot of expectations about what getting involved with worship might look like um and so when we're inviting them in how do we kind of set the young person's expectations for getting involved what does that look like when they're thinking about what it looks like for them but also what it looks like for the rest of the team we'd love to hear your thoughts on that So I,
2: I think it makes it easier for a youth leader, because, I mean, we have those relationships with them on a week in, week out basis. So I'm not just overseeing them for worship, but I'm also discipling them in their faith. Um, so, I think for me, the main thing is once I have identified that a young person can play an instrument, has an interest in getting involved in worship. Um, I just start getting to know them. I start asking them questions, Um, not just deep stuff. Like, I try to keep it light as well, because young people don't always want to talk about the deep stuff. But when you talk about the light stuff, the stuff that matters to them in their lives, they naturally share the deep stuff. Um, So I get to know them as a person, as an individual. And then I invite them along to come to the worship workshops I create opportunities for them to step out. Sometimes they want to, sometimes they don't. And it's a bit of a journey in like, pushing them out. And um, once they get to a point where I feel like they're ready to be involved in a Sunday band, I meet up with them in the church coffee shop. And I just basically tell them that, hey, I see this in you. I'd love to invest in you. I'd love to develop um, you as a worshiper or a musician. But one thing I want to prioritize first is who you're becoming. So more than your gift, I want to make sure that your character also is being invested in. So I figure out who's mentoring them and how regularly they meet, because sometimes they don't meet regularly. (laughs) And I make sure that they have someone that's meeting up with them regularly to check in and hold them accountable. Because realistically, I can't mentor every single young person in Trent youth, but as long as I know that they have that connection, I can check in with the mentor regularly, being like, how are they doing? Where are they at? But also, I also make sure I have a degree of relationship with them as well. Um, So then I meet up with them. Um, I let them know that this is what I see in them. This is what I would love to invite them into. But then also, I make it a priority that they need to be plugged in. So I make it a priority that they need to be a part of a small group attending regularly. Um, Also, we encourage them to serve on other teams that are not just worship. So they'll be on refreshments or host team or whatever it is that we have on a Sunday. And also we invite them to a discipleship thing that we do on a Tuesday afternoon for young people that want to go deeper in their faith. It's called the academy. So that's like more leadership development stuff. Not all of them can come because they have like school stuff. But if they can, we encourage them to come to that so that they have a bit of a deeper input. So that's probably how. Ooh. So we the have... The
0: question was for the benefit of the recording. <laughs> what does a worship workshop look like?
2: Yes. So a worship workshop is a mix of things. So sometimes which is what they usually like to have. They always just want to jam. So we have jam sessions. So they come in and we invite other adult musicians that are a bit more experienced to come and help us out. So young people come. We have instruments available. And then we have like an adult musician stood at every instrument. And sometimes I like to get the younger musicians as well that are on the Sunday bands to be on those posts just as a leadership opportunity to get them to grow as leaders so that they get the opportunity to invest in younger musicians the way that they've been invested in. But it's like a mix. So um, anyone that is interested in being involved in worship can come. So it's an easy opt-in. And then I'll basically put it out to them. I'll say, who'd like to have a go at playing keys? Who'd like to have a go at playing this different instrument? But then I, we like play really simple songs. So like, What a Beautiful Name, a song that everyone will know. And I'll kind of lead them through that. And I'll have the adult musicians play it. Through the whole song first, just to kind of so they can watch and see. And then I swap out maybe one adult musician for like a younger musician, but the adult stays there so that if the young person like panics, they're there to encourage them. And if they lose their place, they're there to show them. Um, And then I just do that. I'll just pull in and swap out one at a time at different points so that you have at least the adults holding it together whilst they're playing. But the young people get a chance to just be brave. (laughs) <laughs> and they get a chance to do it in a, an environment that's not on a Sunday in front of their peers, which is overwhelming um, and then they get to be encouraged and get to be given like helpful feedback to be like, "This is what you need to grow in so worship workshops are really fun. they love the jam sessions it's loud, it's chaotic it's hard they're hard to control <laughs> but um <laughs> but but they have fun, so we just let it happen. Um, And then we use those workshops as well for, like, teaching. So we teach them about the heart of worship. We also get some of the young people that have been involved in youth worship to share their testimonies about how they've grown, um, how they've benefited from, like, the investment that they've received, Um, moments in worship that really impacted them and been really transformative, so they get opportunity to speak as well. And I found that young people really respond to that. We try to do that once a time, Yeah, we used to do it regularly once a month, but because of COVID, we've shifted things around. Yeah,
3: that sounds amazing, and I've got very little to share that <laughs> <laughs> that the, uh, the, uh, matches up to that level of organisation. That sounds fantastic. Uh, I think the, uh, I mean, I think what you heard there is relationship. I think that's absolutely crucial. Um- exp- like clarity expectations um and the the only other thing I wrote down was covering their backs, which you said as well, you know when someone's taking a step up, they need to know that they're not going to be exposed if they mess up, so it's it's providing safe place for them to be to have a go yeah. that having a go thing's so important so i'm I'm not sure I can add much more to that, but it's a brilliant answer.
0: Yeah, I think having having the spaces that we having the appropriate spaces um for them is, is really helpful. Um I think obviously you're not gonna just throw them up in front of a thousand people and just on a Sunday morning and be like, Okay, have at it. That wouldn't be a safe space for them, would it? But um I guess it's similar to what Archie was saying last night, right? You just you don't they don't need to be able to do a million miles an hour uh, everything. They they can just do their first step. Um so yeah, wonderful. So, so off that. How do we create spaces where they're going to win? Uh, Nigel, do you want, Nigel, do you want to kick us off? Have you got uh, anything? How, uh, was there anything else to that question? Do we just put them straight on a Sunday? No. Yeah. Great. Any other training context? <laughs>
3: Um I, I think the answer's the same. Um, I mean, I mean, it's different according to your the size of church. And we were in the situation where we just needed another worship band. And I knew that there, after COVID, we still need another worship band. Um, and so uh, I just thought we've got enough of them. I, I mean, I'm in the band with them. And I think that's really important because uh, I can lead or carry it if necessary or whatever. And and, and I I mean, I, notwithstanding everything Bernie's just said, I think that that's all really important and characters, absolutely vital expectations. I also believe in just, giving them a go. Um and so we we had a girl singing with us who had very little conf- well no she had some confidence and not a lot of voice actually but but I had another one who was quite confident so I just left her in there and told the PA guy to keep it back a bit and um and and actually but we tried it a few times and by the time the other girl had to go away this girl had just grown by just being in the space, I mean, as a, you know, you, you, the, you just—you you all know what this is like because it's the same for all of us, whatever age we are. You just have to do it. it. Was it fake it till you make it? Did they say? You know, you 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 just sometimes you've just got to do something enough times until you feel like you've got some confidence to do it. And getting up in front of people and singing or playing is one of those things. And so I think I just try and make the environment as safe an environment for them as possible. Um, um, I, I wrote something down about, y- y- you know, make it so that they cannot lose. L- like, if it goes well, they get everybody goes, wow, fantastic, aren't you great? And people come up and encourage them. And if it goes badly, just step right in and pick it up and just take it forward. And that I think that's really important. Um, I think that's what I'd say. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'd say um, we've had a few situations actually where worship hasn't felt quite say, for different unique reasons for young people. So there was a girl who'd been involved in worship, and she recently got braces. And she just didn't want to smile. She was like, if I'm up front and I'm like happy to be in the presence of the Lord, I feel self-conscious about smiling because I don't like my braces. So it's like things like that. And we've had like a boy whose voice was breaking. And he was just like, I just. I just don't feel confident. What if my voice breaks mid-song? So it's like, and oh, this is a funny one, where I was like, I have no clue, but Jesus will have her back. One who has like a condition where she just faints when she's overwhelmed. So she was like, I'd love to be involved, but what if I just faint? Like, (laughs) on the stage. So I was just like, oh, Lord, yeah, that would be. (laughs) That would be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like (laughs) i mean like and those are all like very different unique situations i mean with the guy um the the young man whose voice is breaking we just decided that he would just play acoustic for a while and he doesn't have to worry about having to sing whilst his voice like just levels out so he didn't sing for about a year and then his voice finally like broke and then now he's singing again. So it was like allowing him to still stay involved but also giving him space to be able to allow his voice to do what it needed to do. I'm not a boy, I don't know how it works. But, um, (laughs) you know, I had to let nature take its course (laughs) until he was ready. But then that's how I figured out how to make worship safe for him. Um, And then for the girl with the braces, I was just like, you know what? Like, you're beautiful. And I just kept telling her she's beautiful. And um, she just started smiling. Um, And then for the girl that was fainting, I just prayed for her that she wouldn't (laughs) faint. And she hasn't. (laughs)
1: No, Fab. No, that's so good. So we've talked a little bit about creating safe spaces, but how do we move from that point to the youth then having ownership in those kind of spaces and feeling like they can contribute something more than just a, a filling a gap? What what does that
3: start to look like? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think it's a, 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 a little bit of teach teaching along the way. Um I mean, you know, val- you know, this you know, this is Fineyard one oh one values are caught and not necessarily taught and so just again it's about doing this regularly and talking about what we're doing and why we're doing it um and uh then giving them some input uh whenever we lead worship on a sunday my son who's the drummer mostly decides which songs we're going to sing uh with me filtering them a bit <laughs> and, and, and and maybe reorganizing the order a bit um i think giving them some ownership of song choice is pretty vital actually um, and sometimes that means if i'm honest singing probably more bigger more bigger hill song songs than i would probably choose i as a pastor i make a bit of leeway for the young people on song choice uh i mean i do my damnedest to do keep roughly around 50% vineyard songs just because I'm a true believer in vineyard worship and you know I can't quite make the 100% leap that some people do but um but you know I think that's really important uh, for other reasons that we don't need to go into. Um, I do relax that a bit when it comes to the young people because, and, and actually what I do is I look at the DTI playlist mostly, that, so I blame these guys. <laughs> they, they choose the songs and, th- and those are the songs often that our young people want to sing and so we, you know, um, we do that. Yeah, I totally agree
2: about including them in the song selection process. I also think as well, I just like try to encourage them to watch how I lead, watch how I lead the band, watch when I send out signals, when I do it, how I do it. Um, And then I empower them to do it in rehearsal. I think rehearsals are an incredible teaching opportunity. So if, for example, I'm going to start giving a vocalist an opportunity to like sing a bit of a song, I'll be like, okay, make sure you signal that you're going to go to the chorus, make sure you signal where you're going to go. And then I get them to practice that over and over again um, so they can build confidence in that. Um, So, yeah, using rehearsals as teaching opportunities. What else would be good for ownership? And I think also just empowering them and giving them permission that it's okay if you feel like you get a sense of, like, what God's doing in the room, just whisper it in my ear. And um, they'll come and they'll whisper and they'll be like, I've got a song. And then I'll be like, okay, go for it. And then I'll just have their back. Or they'll be like, I feel like God wants to say this. And then I'll be like, okay, they'll tell me what it is just to make sure it's nothing heretical. I always make sure they have to like, (laughs) tell me first before (laughs) you share it. (laughs) And then I'll be like, and then often they expect you to share it. And I'm like, no, 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 God gave it to you. So you need to share it. So then they'll step out and they'll be like, I just feel like God's doing this in the room. And again, it's that thing where when a young person is sharing it, all the young people are like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's like, yeah, as they build confidence, like empowering them and giving them permission to take risks and encouraging them to pay attention. And then as they pay attention, they get to do it.
0: Thanks, buddy I think for me, I think, you know, we all probably like things the way that we like them don't we like we love we like to worship in the way that we like to worship we like things on a sunday the way that they are for, for valid reasons um but i think there's it's sometimes helpful for us to look at like value it, it Is is the value wagging the expression or is the expression wagging the value you know i think for for in a young person's context we definitely absolutely 100% agree and believe in the values and so if we can if we can um Get them in a, in a space where they're they're learning the values from other people and they're picking up on them. Then we just have to kind of let the expression go a little bit and say, if you're exercising the same values, then our method or our um, our liturgy doesn't matter. It's the value that matters. Um, and so song choice is huge in that. I had a wonderful conversation with some of our youth. They're like, oh, when we do youth worship, like everyone stands at the back. Could we like bring the beanbags downstairs and like so they can like. Be shuffled for. I've been like, yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, absolutely, let's do that. And so that that's coming from them. I haven't I haven't gone to them and say, how can we get the young people more involved in worship? That's them saying that to me. So um, yeah, I think that's just a little thing from me. I think just we we'd love to break out and do some discussion groups where you can think about what questions you have. I just want to ask one more, um, which I think is really 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 super super important, um, and probably potentially some of you guys both of you will have something to say. Um, it's how do we engage our senior pastors, kids pastors, youth pastors? In the in the in the dialogue in the discussion about getting about worship involvement, obviously Nigel, you are a senior pastor, so that kind of helps. But you you obviously oversee a significant chunk as well. But how have you guys negotiated those things with your other uh, other elements of your team who also are stakeholders in that?
3: It's <laughs> um, a great question. Uh, I think for me, I, I was for many years a kids pastor involved in doing worship, so I have been there with this. Um, question um i think you've got i think it has to start with vision i think if you don't have vision or passion to see a culture of worship around young people um nobody else is going to have one for you especially not other pastoral people um senior pastors they usually if they don't get it they usually get it by the time their kids grow up um um Uh, But some of them get it before that. (laughs) Um, uh, And I think that you have to see this whole conversation in the long-term, big-picture context. So for me, I'm all about nurturing the heart of worship in all young people. So it's not, oh, there's nothing, and then all of a sudden when you're youth you're a youth, we look for you to play in the band. This is, um, uh, I wrote this down, more than just teaching them an instrument or a skill, we seek, you already kind of said this, Bernie, we seek to play a role in shaping their lives. We're interested in them and what they're going through and not just the potential gifts that they bring to help us make church happen. Um, And so, you know, for me, this is all about kids' worship. It's all about the under 11s. Uh, even the under fives, you, you know, it's all about that worship being the thing that we do at every age. And um, they can be involved in kids' worship. They can be up front doing stuff. <laughs> Beth was when she was that age um, in my, in um, in some of my groups. Um, and so were a whole bunch of other people. So, y- you know, even, you don't have to play an instrument to be up front helping to lead worship. You know there are there are action songs, and we also have um, now we just have a load of blow up guitars and things that we get out in our all age services and throw around and jump around with. Um, and so there's a lot we can do, I think, to create the culture. Um, but in terms of engaging other um pastoral leaders in the church, I think it's about vision. And it's about looking to the long and looking to the long term. And I heard um, I was at the cause to live for. i um, doing a thing with Adam. What's his last name? Russell. Russell. Um, uh, and somebody we asked him what. It's a great question. actually. what is success? I asked him this. What's a great? It's a great question because <laughs> I asked him. Um, what? No, it was a great answer. What does success look like for a worship? For a member of a, a serving member of a worship team. And he said, oh, that's easy. It's train someone else. And then he said, and by the way, if you're looking to train someone, get your, in his, I don't know how it works in America, middle school, get your 11, 12, 13-year-olds, because if you can train them, you've got them for five years. And so if you can go to your pastor and say, how about I train this, we train this worship team that will then basically be, be around for at least five years, I think that's kind of talking the language of pastors. So that's a, that's a, um, and that's in the local church. I also think, sorry, one more, um, one more thing I've got is just the strength of the wider family. For me, bringing kids uh, at the age of 14 and 15 to the worship retreat, sneaking them in, breaking the rules, um, you know, t- slightly turning a blind eye when they break the rules. Um, <laughs> did I say that? Um <laughs> This was before we got to sign pieces of paper and things you know um I don't, know. You know, you don't, I don't want to know You don't need to know um <laughs> Later on, ask me a different question about wearing a dad hat and a worship pastor hat, but that's a that's a different question. Um, but that's my answer anyway. Just I th- I think there's strength in the wider movement, and once once uh, young people realise that they're not just part of a family in their local church, but they're part of a really wider family. There's a, I mean, you know, I mean, DTI is the start of all of that. You, you know, um, I'm sorry, I'm on a roll now. There's one more thing about that which is just it's really important that they understand that it's not all about getting onto a big stage. Uh, and Because obviously DTI is an amazing place, but most of the ones that I talk to love DTI, not because of the big stage. They love it because it's dark and loud and, and, and they can lose themselves in the crowd and jump around. Um, and so in worship, it's really important that they understand it's not just about j- getting... The, the pinnacle is not being on the, on the stage. The pinnacle is serving in the local church. Yeah, anyway, I'll up now
0: you answered that really well. I don't really know if I can really add more to that. Yeah, so what we'd love to do is uh, do a bit of interaction. That's what you came here for. Um, <laughs> so if you, uh, I'd love to invite you to just turn in maybe fours, threes, fours, maximum five. And if then for like 30 seconds, you can introduce yourself and maybe what church you're from and maybe what you do in the, if you are involved in the worship ministry. And then talk about what your... What your experiences? What your biggest challenges? And what question you'd like to ask our wonderful panel? So, quickly introduce yourself. Where are you from? What's your What's your question for us?
3: Now I want
2: to know
3: what they were doing at the
2: worship retreat. Oh, just, let's just
3: let me just say. Let me say. Um, <laughs> The next year I made them all sign a piece of paper to say you stay in your bedroom and they stay in theirs. I don't think anything uninnocent was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just being fifteen year olds in a in a or fourteen year olds in a big space. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, That's like so but mattresses were dragged through to different rooms, you know. <laughs> It's because it wasn't a youth event; it yeah, was a grown-ups event. Yeah, it's true. So then we made them sign contracts after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Sandra got our heads together. We're like, anybody who's there who's under eighteen <laughs> needs to sign this contract. I'm
2: a big fan of behaviour contracts.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a big so we fan. did that, and, and and yeah, and and also make sure that somebody was nominated on site as their responsible. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so really really good. good. That's a,
2: that's oh, good. just to say that... The group of
3: young people that went to the worship training they absolutely loved it. Oh, bless you. You've they got couldn't some, you've got stop some talking about it. Is it Lizzie, yeah. is that her name? Yeah. Oh, she's, she's
2: a girl. Yeah. They're,
3: they're so great. Thank you. Thank you for sending them down. It was oh, a yeah. great day.
2: Well, the one that fainted during ministry yeah. time, that's, that's the one her. I was talking about. Oh, bless her.
3: She had to <laughs> go yeah, home, yeah, actually. Yeah, I
2: know. She messaged oh, me soon after it happened because yeah. I actually mentor her. Uh, so what's I her think. name?
3: Did. Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah. So she messaged me cuz she was already yeah. <laughs>
0: What's your biggest challenge or the question that you'd like some wisdom from these guys on? Biggest. You've got about 4 minutes remaining.
3: Yeah, she's yeah. yeah. I'll tell you who's lovely. Um, Ellie's sister. Emmy. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like yeah, she looks just like Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> but smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so yeah, yeah. tiny, But she? They're such wonderful worshippers. Like, they've set the tone. I mean, they all did, but, but your guys were just right in there, right in the space, worshipping. She's really lovely, actually. Um, I can't remember who else came. Um, I'm, it was I'm a not so great Eva, Eva on bass,
2: blonde hair.
3: Oh, yes, the rock chick. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. She was in my band. She's great fun. <laughs> Yeah, 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 she's great.
2: She I like her. Some le- leaders find her intimidating because she's very strong, has got strong she, opinions.
3: She, she steps up. <laughs> we had three bands going in the afternoon and I was running one and Zach was running one and John was running one. Yeah. And so we mixed them all up. So she gets to my bass, plugs in her bass and she immediately starts playing Stevie Wonder bass. Like. <laughs> it's like, um. So like that. And I'm like, all right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, she's quite good. Professor, yeah. <laughs> uh, she was great actually. Um, she's
2: really funny. She comes out with all sorts of creative ideas. She'll so, like, come through and she's like, I've got an idea for a riff. The bass never gets to do any riffs. Like, the bass parts are boring. Can I come up with. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she just comes and yeah, she's yeah. like, yeah, she does She's that. really interesting. Yeah, I really like her. Yeah, yeah.
3: Lovely. <laughs> lovely. We had a great time actually. I
2: really had a blast. I'm glad they're
0: starting up again. Okay, guys, there's about thirty seconds left,
3: please. <laughs> I was bullied into doing it by my son and my wife. No. I just need you to know that.
2: I think and you then I only it on. did it because I
3: wrote I will I will do. I wrote <laughs> to three people, including John, and said, If you will bring a carful, I will we will have enough people to do it. Because yeah. it was quite short notice. <laughs> That's fine.
0: No worries. Short answers. The answer is just do it.
3: <laughs> what's, stopping, what's stopping you?
0: <laughs> okay, guys, if you wanted to just finalise your question that you want to ask and then... Bring it, in. Bring it, on, back. Bring it on back. Is that an S Club 7 thing? I don't know. <laughs> bring it on back to you. Don't
2: stop,
0: never give up. To really to bring it on back to you. <laughs> <laughs> OK, guys, let's bring it back. Thank you. Sorry, I know we just told you to chat. Let's bring it on back. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop never give up. <laughs> <laughs> Lift your hands up to the chat. OK. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you guys. So, um, should we start with. Should we should we nominate? Yeah, this group over
1: here. We'd love to hear your question. Okay. Just,
0: just so everyone knows, we will repeat the question um, through the mic.
3: Yeah, Yeah. mm on it
0: it's
1: that fine line
0: between
1: yeah. Do It's a what weird, I mean? it's just a way to bring, one in, to bring, yeah. bring back in. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's yeah. A question maybe sorry, on hang on. on. Sorry, is this the, mainly on just sound and media?
1: Just for the recording, the request the question is about bringing people back in after the kind of the gap that we've had for a couple of years and about them are they in the right place to love the balance of like involvement versus kind of being in the right place to, to serve them to be growing? Um, yeah, what do you guys make um, of that?
3: I, my only observation would be, um, I would always try and go on the part of being as inclusive as possible. Um, I probably wouldn't let someone lead if I knew that their life wasn't in a good shape, but if but I might make the call in having them involved if, if I was or I knew the if I was covering the leadership part that might, that that that's probably open to discussion because other people are going to look at them and say, well, how come they're involved in their life's like this? So uh, you can't I can't really answer it for a specific situation, um, but I try and be as inclusive as possible because I think that's important or find ways even if they come and hang out at the rehearsals, even if they have a... I mean, media and sound and sort of behind-the-scenes jobs I think would be perfect. Uh, And and even somebody who's maybe musical could do a behind-the-scenes sound job rather than be an an on-the-stage job. Um, I think I'd say that.
1: Bernie, could you just share that thing that we were chatting about yesterday about having young people and pastoring them through that kind of phrase? (laughs) 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 You're saying about um, that you're pastoring them in that season, not just going for the gifting or for the thing they're bringing. Just comment on that.
2: Yeah, so I'd say naturally teenagers make loads of mistakes. They make yeah. loads of mistakes. They're learning. They're growing. And I think for me, I'm always setting the bar a bit lower for them. I don't expect a standard of perfection, but I am championing them and encouraging them to keep growing and to keep learning. And I'm not. That means that doesn't mean I accept everything. Um, there's still moments where I need to challenge certain habits and behaviours. But they listen only because I have a relationship with them. And they know that it's coming from a place of love for them. And they know that it's because I want them to be the best that they can be. So um, I found that they're more receptive when I challenge them because I've shown them that I absolutely love them and I'm absolutely for them. So um, we, so I would say like I agree with like, sound and media. I would say because they're more background kind of roles, just it's better to get them engaged than to not engage them at all. Um, And as long as they're in church, who knows, the Holy Spirit can just zap them (laughs) at some point and then they'll just, you know, decide. So, for example, we had a young person who post COVID um, decided that she wasn't sure about where her faith was, but before that, she was like super plugged in, on fire for Jesus. And she came up to me and she said, "Um, I think I should maybe step back from worship completely because I don't know if I can feel like I can lead with integrity. And I said to her, well, I don't think you have to be perfect all the time to be involved in worship. So you won't lead, but I'd still love you to still sing backing vocals and she did that for months and we still kept checking in with her to see where she was at and one sunday there was a leader who had a prophetic word for her and she came up to me and she said that word was for me and it reminded me that jesus loves me he sees me i want to get plugged in again and she's been coming regularly and she started taking her faith seriously again And I think it's that thing. I think if I had just let her step out completely, she probably never would have come back in. But because I still maintained some level of connection and allowed her to still stay in, um, when God did his thing, she came back. I
3: think you heard Steve Nicholson say yesterday morning, one of the main things, one of the main important things in doing church is mundane connectedness and just showing up. And I think sometimes you have to find excuses to keep young people connected. And the other thing I'd say is you can have a vision for worship. If you have a vision for worship in the church and for serving worship in the church, there are tons of ways of maintaining and being part of that vision without being the guy on the stage. Um, and so just in, just keep talking about the vision and bringing them involved in that. And, you know, if they're not there at all, God can't. Well, he he can, but it's harder for him to get them. You, you know what I mean? So.
0: Thanks, guys. Sorry, just for for time's sake, should we move on to the next group? Are you guys there? So the question is about uh, if uh, how much should we pull them into something and call something out of them and bring them into something versus how much should we actually just wait for them to express that they want to be involved. Is that it?
2: I would say it's individual. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: would say it's ice cream
2: time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it's not helpful. I would say it's individual. So I've had situations where in the worship workshop, they were confident because it's a safer, smaller space. As soon as they're on a Sunday, burst into tears. I, I was mortified I felt I'd failed the young person but the thing is I had done it with alongside them on a Sunday for a few weeks to the point where I was like we've done it enough that like you can now do it on your own and I did say next time I'm not going to be there you're going to do it on your own to prepare them and then the next week I came in she burst into tears and the first words she said to me she was like where were you I needed you and I was like I failed. But then I had to sit down and I was like, but we, we talked about this. We said that you're ready and we I was there the last few weeks and I believe in you and next week you're gonna do it again. And then she was just like, Okay. And then <laughs> and then she did it and she's fine and now she's leading worship in university, wherever she is in Sheffield. But um it is those things where like sometimes you just it's just unique to each young person and then you have some of them that like you can tell they want to but you just keep pushing them but not too much to the point where they just want to pull out completely so I'll just be like in a worship workshop do you want to have a go this week and if they're like no I'm like that's fine maybe next time you want to and I keep just inviting them each time and one of those times they'll say yes and then you just keep pushing and like encouraging them. Cause sometimes they just don't see it in themselves. But if you keep calling out that gift in them and you keep saying, well, I see it in you. I think you've got a great voice and I think God wants to use you. And often they're like, really? They don't, like, it's a shock. They just can't believe that God would want to use them. And they'll be like, really, yeah. me? You know, I've had conversations, not just with young people in worship, but in other different things. And you say stuff and they're like, really? You really believe that? Because not many people are saying those things to them. Um,
3: I to yeah. I need to hear that a lot just to yeah. get, o- get over the current age that they're living in. Yeah.
0: Thanks, guys. Wonderful. Sorry, just to me, we've got about four minutes left. You want to honour the timing? Be out for the next. We're going to just going to do the keenest person. Just shout out your question. <laughs> so, week we manage to make sure we can get ev- get around everyone. <laughs> The question is, what about the kids,
3: Nigel? Specifically, you're talking about a re- an age range of kids from 4 to 11. I, I think my thing I would say is um, invite the t- 9, 10, 11-year-olds into being uh, models and leaders in that space. Not, not all of them will want to, but some of them will. Um, and also, li- al- I also would say allow the eleven-year-olds to move up into youth early if um, that seems appropriate. Usually, you move them as a little group. Where's the friendship? Where the friendship groups are at? <laughs> um, and uh, and then do some songs that are specifically for all of them, but some more that are specifically for the little ones. And teach the older ones that these are specifically for the little ones, and you guys are part of making this happen. So you've got to form a community of different ages. That's really
0: good. Really good. Time for one more. Wonderful. Well, if that's that's anyone has anything else they want to say. D- okay, Bernie's just raised a very helpful one. We'll just quickly hit Bernie's one because it's really really just important.
2: Youth leader hat on. <laughs> Safeguarding. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are in a band context and you have young people mixed with adult musicians, I highly recommend making sure the adults are all DBS checked. And then, in terms of band communication, never, the adults should never message a young person one on one. Have a group WhatsApp. I would highly recommend And all
0: this. go through the parents.
2: Yes. Put the parents. Or Put parents,
0: the parents. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So we just pray really quickly just to finish? Would that be okay? Yeah, Father God, we just thank you that you are a God of every single person and you know and see every single person. You have a desire for every single person to meet with you. And so, Father, from, from the youngest to the oldest, would you help us to create a space of connection with you um, where, where, where we can all honour you, where we can all bring you um, a suitable offering um, and bring you everything we have. And would you help us to, um, be, to hold the form loosely but hold the values tightly and hold your truth at the centre of it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.